Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cause I'm hopeful, yes I am hopeful for you. Good morning. What's up everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That's me, with me as always. Hopeful for today, getting ready to take this music and use it and let him take him away. Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Cause I'm hopeful, hopeful, and he'll make a way. I know it ain't easy, but that's okay, cause we hopeful. So we're used to singing from you at the end of the podcast, and I'm not going <laughs> to lie, I've learned over the course of this, you have a pretty good voice more often than not. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, we're going to test that out with this, that, and the third later on today. That's a tease. <laughs> you thought only getting teases from uh, Mike Gullick Jr. No, you get teased from my clumsy ass every now and then. But I'm doing fine, Mike, and I am hopeful. For, this is one of those like weird Thursday Fridays. Is that you know what I'm saying? Where you, oh, like, fall, it, like a false summit. A false summit? What? A false summit when you false get to the top summit. False summit when you get to the top of a mountain and it looks like it's the top, but really it's just one more ridge on the way up so you get to the top there and then you start motherfucking under your breath i okay i didn't know all that detail but yes but mainly because it's thursday night football tonight which is really really fun and cool but mike this thursday into the lull of friday that is great because it's friday anyways the nfl's on to something Oh, listen, they definitely know what they were doing. Now, I will say, and we are excited to talk about Thursday Night Football. We are excited on this podcast today to have Joy Taylor from Speak yes. on FS1 joining us here. Obviously, your former co-host on Maybe I'm Crazy, one of the original podcasts out here in the space. Joy's going to come by. We'll talk to her about Thursday Night Football, her Miami Dolphins, the start of the season for Tua, as well as quarterbacks and teams that have surprised us disappointed us and a little bit of mba and we just sort of ran off the rails by the end of this conversation but it um but brandon it's interesting we'll talk so much about this thursday night football most of the criticism i think for thursday night football as a product is it generally tends to be sloppy players especially players of this era as we're more cognizant of load management and a variety of sports and the effects on bodies usually shit on thursday night football because it's such a quick turnaround for these guys and i heard my dad for years you know a guy who spent most of his career with the philadelphia eagles team who would often end up playing on thanksgiving 
He's like, yeah, we all knew we had one Thursday a year where we had to play, and you just did it because that was, you know, how it was. They didn't, you know, really ask why as much about those things. And so I feel like now you get a lot more of that. This Thursday night game, I feel like, is going to be the poster for that just because we saw firsthand how gassed that whole Miami Dolphins team and Bills teams were after that game. And the, uh, like, it's just. All of it's leading up to a game where, as we think about what some of the pick th- uh, thick six picks for this weekend might be, I don't think I'm going to include the Thursday night game in that. But if I'm going to bet the Thursday night game, it's going to be on the underside. you got a Cincinnati offense that can't protect Joe Burrow, a defense for the Dolphins that was on the field a lot but has been one of the better parts of that team, and an offense that has a beat-up quarterback in Tua. All of it screams the under for that game. Hey, and also, money line. For the Dolphins, as sloppy as it gets, because guess what? The Bengals are coming out there in a wideout game, which the Giants just did for uh, Monday Night Football, and it didn't really bode too well for them. I love going to see this like white Bengals tiger uh, action in Cincinnati. I love the helmets. It's going to look so good. It's going to look great. But when's the last time a team won in a wideout game? I don't know, man. If anyone's going to win off the freshness of jerseys, I wasn't sure on the white helmets initially when they came out. And as I've seen more and more of the edits coming out this week, I'm I'm ready for those. So if you're thinking off the strength of the white jerseys, again, over under 47 for this. Seems like a prime candidate for the under based on everything walking in here. Um, We also know that for Miami... That game's going to be played in Cincinnati. There's going to be a lot of weather to watch out for. Everyone dealing with Hurricane Ian down there right now on that western coast of Florida. We hope everyone's doing well. We certainly hope that everyone is safe and taking the precautions necessary and that you're all finding a way through this. We're seeing this affect other parts of the NFL. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on standby right now, according to the NFL. Uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis is the contingency site for the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Bucks, uh, according to League Executive Vice President Jeff Miller, who said that on Wednesday. Um, just because the, Buc- the Buccaneers have already evacuated uh, the area around their facility. The game remains scheduled for Raymond James Stadium, but seeing some of the visuals down there, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. And I know Roger Goodell has said he doesn't want to divert resources that could be otherwise used for people actually in need down there. So I have a feeling that game is going to be played in Minneapolis. Uh, You know, I guess if it's not, it would be good news that the storm isn't as bad as maybe indicated down in that area. But I hope everyone stays safe, and that includes the weather people. I am flabbergasted watching these videos right. of Jim Cantori and these dudes out in the middle of the street showing off the strength of this win. Now, I know Jim Cantori gets his rocks off on this stuff, and he's just an adrenaline junkie who lives for that. I, I did appreciate, and the video going around of Jim from yesterday, he's out in the middle of the street and then gets tripped up by a branch and just eats that thing he eats that like a punch says give me a minute and then just continues his trek back over to the side of the road because that man for some reason brandon lives for this moment in a way that will never make sense to me mike send me that video that meteorologist that fell down in the storm do that immediately I will send you the video of Jim Cantor, who's, again, well-known and has certainly had this in his bag for quite a while. But just another one of those things that, number one, screams extraordinarily white, but also um, 
just it it's a reminder and i had someone send me this note when i looked at this and said why are we doing this that there is probably a portion of the population that will look at the football games that we watch consistently and ask the same question and it's a fair point no potentially perilous situations that otherwise seem to lack a coherent reason behind them are very deeply American and very deeply sports. So I actually should understand Jim's desires better than most people. Oh yeah. You, you laid that out for me, Mike. And all I could think about is like how much I wanted to be in his shoes. Dear God, <laughs> honestly, my God, but stay safe. Everyone stay safe. Yeah, no, stay safe in all seriousness. Uh, I certainly rooting for everyone to come out on the other side of this. Okay. And you know, uh, again, I know it's an area well-versed in this stuff, but never makes it any less scary in the meantime, while it's all happening. So we will keep everyone in those situations in our thoughts. We will take a quick break. And when we come back on the other side of this, we will talk about the football team playing down in Miami. What's coming up in Thursday night football on the field and plenty more with joy Taylor next. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust and it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit and Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine again with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. All right, very excited to have back one of our first guests on the podcast. You guys can check her out on Speak on FS1 now. Joy Taylor back with us. Joy, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me back, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Well as we can, Joy. Well as we can. Uh, your Miami Dolphins are doing well. It's very, uh, very strange in these NFL streets. Um, no, I don't think it's strange. Why? Why is it strange? Because uh, the Dolphins are usually like uh, in contention for relegation at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from that perspective, yes. But like, based off of what they did this off season, you didn't expect them to be better this year. I, I, I what salty. I don't like about I know you're salty because it's the Ravens. I am. I haven't got rid of. I haven't got over the Thursday night loss last season that started the Ravens' uh, losing streak. Um, but what I don't like about this joy is that I feel like everyone is 
No one expects the wheels to fall off of this thing, and that bothers me. Like, I, like I, I want to hear just a little bit of like uh, they're not as good as they think as people think they are. Well, yeah, I mean, as a Dolphins fan, the trauma in me always lends to a little bit of apprehension of how great this is going to go. But so far, they've looked like this is real. Now, one of my researchers did bring me that we started 3-0 and with Joe Philbin, and I think we started 3-0 and with Adam Gase. Ooh. I think it was Adam Gase. It was definitely Joe Philbin. <laughs> so when he told me that, I was like, that's just, honestly, it's rude that you brought me that note. <laughs> that, is, that is deeply toxic yeah. by your research. <laughs> it is. Um, but, like, to your point, that's usually how these things go. But I think this year feels different. I mean, the, the Ravens win, the Patriots win to me is not, not a big deal. That's a, that's a uh, division win against a team that none of us, I think, think is going to be very good this year. And the Ravens win to me is, is very impressive because they were down so much and were able to make adjustments and come back. And those are, those are big building block wins for, young teams and particularly young coaches in a rookie head coach and Mike McDaniel. And then the win over the bills. And I know they didn't have everybody, but like you play who you play and that had the bills beaten them. The narrative would be okay. The dolphins are the same old dolphins. They're not really that good. They still can't take down big bro Buffalo. So like they won Buffalo still a good team. It's going to be a, a different matchup probably when we go there at the end of the season. Um, just based off of the people that are going to be healthy. But they have big two divisional wins, first of all, and wins over two teams that we think are at the top of the East. So, and, and they weren't flukes. So like, what is, I, I don't know what there is to be super skeptical about except for normal Dolphins trauma. And normal trauma is, I think, appropriate part of every true fan behavior. We should be the last one to market on our team being good almost every time. But Dolphin fans are not. Like, Dolphin fans get mad at me every day because I'm not, like, 100% Super Bowl undefeated for the rest of the season, two as a Hall of Famer. Like, if I don't say those things, Dolphins fans are mad at me, which is very confusing to me because I'm like, I Is that Dolphins fans or is that Tuanon, Joy? Because I'm having a hard time. It is Tuanon mostly. But there are a lot of Dolphins fans who are, like, just high on the Kool-Aid. And I think maybe the recipe is right this year. Many years, the Kool-Aid's been bad. But this year, it's it's fresh. It's got, like, you know, nice amount of ice cubes in it. And it's going Perfect down Perfect amount soon. of sugar. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't the, this isn't the Kool-Aid that someone at a cult party has poisoned to kill everyone involved. This finally, isn't the Cam is Cameron awesome. Kool-Aid. Um, you know, this is, <laughs> this feels like the right oh. recipe. So, oh, uh, we'll, we'll I, see. I, I was weirded out. So Thursday night football with the Dolphins and the Bengals, according to DraftKings, the, the Bengals are four point favorites in this game, which at first I kind of balked at. And then I remembered one, how exhausted everyone, because we heard about how hot it was for the bills in that game. There were plenty of dolphins that were on their back sucking wind after that game too, this past weekend. And then looking at the injury report that came out of all the people that had been questionable towards the end of the week. And that included to a tongue of Iloa. I think that included Jalen Waddle. So joy, do you think we're going to be responsible enough as a public? Cause the dolphins very much, could lose this game depending on who's available and it just being a short week after that kind of contest 
because it's a primetime game, do you think this has overreaction written all over it if the Dolphins do drop what I think would be a pretty understandable loss? I don't think from the Dolphins' perspective. I think we could potentially get too high on the Bengals for a win if that's how it goes. Now, again, I do think how the game ends up looking matters. Like, if it's a close game, I don't know that there'll be any kind of overreaction either way. If the Bengals end up blowing the Dolphins out, then I think we could, you know, get a little out of control with are the Bengals back. Um, and similarly, but but I do think if the Dolphins blow the Bengals out, then we're still on the right path. That the Bengals probably have a Super Bowl hangover and the Dolphins are good. Now, I don't think it's going to be a Dolphins blowout because of all the reasons that, that you mentioned. The defense was on the field for over 40 minutes it was hot for both teams. Obviously, Miami plays in that heat, but heat is heat. You guys played, even if you're used to a certain type of weather. Cold is cold. Like, you might be more more used to it, but it's still, you know, really cold <laughs> at cold games. So, you know, both teams are playing in it. It's exhausting. It's a short week. It's on the road. So, you know, there are there's a reason why the line is what it is. I, I still think the Dolphins win, but I, my guess is that the overreaction would tend to lean towards the Bengals are better than they actually are. are. Are the Dolphins the best team in the AFC at this point? Because this is the thing that I'm having a tough time grappling with myself. Yeah, they're one of the two undefeateds remaining, but going back and watching those games, I've kind of settled in where the Dolphins deserve a ton of credit for how resilient this team has been. And for Mike McDaniel, what he's done and come in, does all the right stuff on offense. They're near the top of the league in pre-snap motion and play action passing and all these things that help quarterbacks. But I also look at three and a half quarters in most of these games and see another team that's outplaying them for the majority of that. And so when I go in my head to try and organize the top of the AFC, I have a hard time just knee-jerk slotting in the Dolphins at number one. Am I being a hater, or is this a tougher conversation than it looks like on paper? No, I don't think it's out outrageous if you like the Bills more. Uh, who else would you say is better? I mean, honestly, I think you could argue Baltimore is a better team than them. Were it not for one of the most like explosive comebacks we've ever seen as far as points in the fourth quarter. Like when you look statistically at that game, the Ravens just forgot how to cover people on the back end of that for about a quarter and change at the end of that game, where for the most part they had dominated for the other half that defense and makes maybe us bad, into though. the third quarter. That defense makes us worse than the Miami Dolphins. Especially See, after we I, I with the Bills. I love how like how Brandon is as a fan is how I am as a fan and apparently like I don't know if, if Ravens fans treat you this way but like Dolphins fans are like you're a hater and I'm like I don't know I just am watching this this game like I watched it yeah and that's what happened so I don't know yeah I'm not but, a real fan when it comes to Baltimore when Baltimore you ain't from here you know yeah and I'm wearing like a, I'm wearing my Three River shirt right now um <laughs> never let them know your next move <laughs> I love people Who, who's our team. Wait, is that just is that just the voice of the general internet troll or is that a region? Yeah, that's that's it's the region of Trollville, USA. Right. Occupation One half fiction. the internet. Um No, I so I think the Dolphins are the best team because they've beaten the Ravens and the Bills. So <laughs> if they had beaten one of those teams then I think we can make that argument. But right now, I think you have to say they're the best team in the AFC. They're undefeated. 
Now, look, listen, you can like another roster better. You can like another quarterback better. You can like a, another coach better. Uh, and, and I'm not going to be outraged by it. But I think they beat two divisional opponents and had a great comeback against the Ravens team. And I don't think it was a fluke. Like, you do have to play defense at the end of the game just as much as you do in the middle and the beginning. And you chose not to. And then Tua went out there and made some amazing throws. And they won that game. And, and, and again, like, I like that win because you made adjustments. Like, you didn't just give up, even though it was very, it could have, you could have very easily been like, all right, this one got away from us. So, yeah, I think you do have to say they're the best team in the AFC. I think it's, I think it's smaller than we thought, how, how strong the AFC is, because certainly the AFC West has fallen apart. I mean, they don't look like we thought they were going to look at all. Um, I still think that the Chiefs are in the elites of the AFC. And yeah, so if you like, you know, if you lean towards any of those teams, I'm not going to freak out, but I do think it's fair. And I think that the Dolphins are the best team in the ASC right now. And, you know, even if you look at the, the roster, I think the, I think people are going to like Lamar Jackson more than to a Lamar Jackson's obviously won a league MVP, but I think the Dolphins have a better offensive roster than the, the uh, Ravens do. If you don't want to compare Lamar Jackson and Tua. I mean, I really don't even know what to do with the fact that it's the starting Alabama quarterbacks that are undefeated right now. And they're both have been criticized for not being really good quarterbacks. So the, the team is built around them. It's all complimentary football. Uh, speaking of uh, John Harbaugh. But, Joy, I kind of want to get away from specific teams. And we're talking about Internet troll stuff. Like, let's let's give the fans what they want. That quarterback list going into the season had everyone going nuts. You know, Mark, Lamar Jackson, the one that ESPN put out, Lamar Jackson out of the top ten, uh, thing like Dak at eight and Brady at number four, whatever it was. After three weeks into the season, could you give me the actual top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now? I mean, I think you have to go uh, right now, uh, in no order, I think okay. you have to go – Jalen Hurts, Tua. <laughs> so far through th through three games, if we're just going off of this season, not off yeah. of resume, not right, off of anything right, else, yeah. just this yeah. season, I think you have to go Jalen Hurts, you have to go Tua, you got to go Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and I mean, you can make an argument for the fifth one. That's usually where lists start to get a little sketchy anyway. Mahomes? Um, yeah, I didn't say Patrick. Not yet. I don't. I, I, I don't Patrick. think you so. Did, no, did, but yeah, he's oh, okay. So Tua, Tua, Jalen, okay. Lamar. Oh no, I didn't. Okay, yeah. No, so did, Patrick, yeah. I, I thought I already said Patrick. My bad. Uh, Tua, Jalen, Lamar, Patrick, and Josh Allen in in no particular order. I like that, but I, you know, you're in LA right now. You both are in LA now. Ooh, so mad, jealous of both of you. But you know, Justin Herbert was supposed to be like the second best quarterback into in the NFL going into the season. And I mean, I think when he was healthy and on the field, he did look like that guy. Especially early on, their game against the Chiefs, that was one where there were ample opportunity for both teams to win in that. He's got some of those space alien throws to him, but now it's going to be the problem for the rest of the season with that of all right, is he ever going to be healthy enough to put this together? Because every performance we see from him from here on out, when things go bad, I'm going to look and say, all right, the guy's got cracked rib cartilage and he plays a position where you got to rotate your trunk every time you go to throw the football. But also, 
they need to find a way to balance the offense out. You can't ask him to throw the ball 45 times, even if he doesn't have broken cartilage, whatever that means, and run the ball for 26 yards. You're not winning that way, no matter if your amazing quarterback is healthy or not. I think the Chargers are cursed, man. Like, I like Justin mm-hmm. Herbert a lot. I loved him coming out of that uh, Rose Bowl game, like I, I going into the draft. I was like, I use, he looks great. Forget whatever I thought he was in college. They were clearly using him wrong. Uh, he's been flying under the radar. He's going to be a great NFL quarterback. But, and we talked about this on the show today, I do think you are evaluated by your peers. Like Joe Burrow would just played in the Super Bowl. He took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. He was sacked nine times in a playoff game against the uh, number one team in the AFC. In the Tennessee the Titans, yeah. yeah. That happened in the playoff game, right? Because I know that he got sacked yes. like seven. Yeah. Was it seven or nine? Whatever. They sacked him a bunch of times and he won. And I, I then most quarterbacks wouldn't do that. He played in the Super Bowl in February. Tua is now 3-0 and and looks like the guy in Miami. Jalen Hurts is also 3-0 and and looks like the guy in Philadelphia and is blowing Tua and Justin Herbert out of the water in rushing yards as a quarterback. So, I mean, at one point or another, Justin Herbert's going to have to make some actual noise in the winning and postseason category. Yes. We know what we, well, we know he's, we know he's beautiful. We know he throws the ball. We know he can make <laughs> unbelievable plays, yeah. but so far it's been a beauty pageant and it's, it's not, it's not quantifiable yet. Well, and I think for Justin, the one thing that, especially with all the injury, because now you got Keenan Allen out of the lineup for them still that they've been dealing with. Slater. Down. Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa's on IR, your center Corey Lindsley's been out. Like, it's it's hell there. Like you said, it is cursed. I think Mina Kaim said that they're a house where you're buying a beautiful house that someone's been murdered in when you take the Chargers head coaching job. <laughs> and it's too accurate. And so for Justin Herbert, the thing that we're right or wrong going to throw in his lap is kind of the Joe Burrow thing where if you are that good in most people's minds quarterback-wise, you're going to be able to elevate the parts beyond what you've got around you. And that's the thing for, I think, as good as... I'm not going to take anything away from Tua and Jalen, but I think we're still going to be waiting for a point where, especially for Jalen Hurts, who's been sensational, but the talk of that team is the parts around him are so good. He's been put in the perfect spot to succeed, and he's going out there and doing it right now when one of these guys has to start to deal with injury, attrition, the things that go along in the season, are you going to have one of those guys that can play hero ball enough to go and do it? Or is it going to be, hey man, like hopefully these rosters just stay healthy and we get these juggernaut teams to go. I mean, health is the number one determinant of success in the NFL most years anyway, but Justin Herbert's getting thrown into that fire very early. You could say Lamar Jackson's dealt with some of that just because the offensive line's on their like fourth left tackle now, but offensively a lot more weapons back around there that's I think kind of where Herbert's at right now is the thing where Mahomes has gotten used to and now we're seeing him get which is yeah it's not always going to be sweet but at this point we expect you to do what Burrow did last year and kind of lift a team that can't protect you beyond what this is supposed to be yeah I I hear that I don't know that I can cry a river for Justin Herbert quite yet because to your point, every team's going to deal with injuries, even if they have a ton of injuries, and maybe it's a lost season already with the specific injuries that they do have. But 
I mean, Lamar definitely dealt with this last year, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And Lamar also got hurt himself last year. Uh, Joe Burrow certainly dealt with this and got hurt himself. So I, I, I've, I've, I've created a new rule for myself, and I'm, I'm trying to get it to catch on around the industry, where I don't deduct points from you for playing around good players. Because I feel like we do this a lot with Patrick Mahomes, and we do it with a yep. lot. We do, we're doing it with Jalen Hurts. We're doing it with Tua. Um, and it's like, if you're bad or you're not great with lesser talents, then depending on how we feel about you, it's not your fault or it is your fault. And then when you get good talents, it's always a talent around you. So like, for example, Josh Allen, we all thought Josh Allen was bad his first year. If you thought Josh Allen was great, good for you. But everyone else thought that Josh (laughs) Allen was bad because he wasn't good. Okay. He wasn't, he had the physical attributes and he wasn't good. Now, Josh Allen has legitimate pieces around him, and he's great. But he also developed over those years as well. So is it Josh Allen or is it the pieces around him? I think it's both. But I'm not going to take points away from Josh Allen because he throws to Stephon Diggs. The Bills should bring in pieces around the quarterback to make him better. It's a dependent position, just like a wide receiver is a dependent position. Quarterback is very much a dependent position. It's dependent on the offensive line. It's dependent on the run game. It's dependent on the coaching. It's dependent on the wide receivers. And then you also have to be good yourself. So it might be the most dependent position. So I'm not going to take points away from a, from any player who plays around other good players. Most good teams have good players. It's a great oh, And I mean, and we should want that for most players but because we like see how like, often. T- we always talk about it. Like we're like, like Patrick Mahomes went to the perfect situation. Okay, but he's also awesome in the per- like we've also seen people go right. to great situations and run that Lamborghini right off the cliff. <laughs> so you should get credit for being great around other great players and we should acknowledge when players are excelling in situations where they don't have necessarily all the right pieces around them. I think Lamar is the perfect example of that last part you described because he was the MVP through half of last season because he was playing with nothing and nobody around him. Right. And I feel like we did, for the most part, a pretty good job of acknowledging that when it was going on. The other part you just described, and this vision just came into my head, of a player like Jalen Hurts or Tua who does have good players around them now, which is what every organization wants to do. It's what the Ravens and Bills did so well. You're absolutely right for Josh and Lamar. It's like if you were to go to a bowling alley and play with the bumpers up. But you go out there and you're throwing strikes every time without touching them. You're throwing a beautiful ball down the lane that doesn't hit the bumpers at all. Just because you've got those safeguards there, if you're still going out and doing great things within the body of that, then it shouldn't matter. Yeah, it gives you peace of mind. You know you've got backup because you've got all these other people around. But if you still go and execute to a high level, why are we going to judge you for them being up? You're not making, you're making this part of it better. You're still improving all the things around you. So that's as good of a, like, forced analogy as I can come up with. But the most prescient example of this joy is Trevor Lawrence this year, right? We saw that guy in hell last year with Urban Meyer. And now all of a sudden, Doug Peterson comes down and whispers sweet nothings into his ear. And they sign Christian Kirk. And, you know, the roster gets a year older. And now we're seeing this guy thrive. And it feels like he's starting to get a bunch of credit that he absolutely deserves. But it's because the circumstances around him changed. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence gets the ultimate pass, though. Like, for being a guy that we were talking about being in the NFL after his freshman year in college, I think we all collectively were like, whoa, bad deal, bro. 
<laughs> we're gonna give you a pass on that one. Like you get a year where we just don't talk about anything that happened that year. Uh, it's not on you. And I love that he is now in a better situation because because it, it uh, for me, I like to see great players have success. I want to mm -hmm. see Tua have success. I want to see Jalen Hurts come in and have success. I want to see these young quarterbacks that we're watching now in college football come in and be awesome in the NFL. Duds are not good for me. I, I like. I think fans think like, oh, like I'm rooting against you, like. No, I root for anarchy or I root for greatness. Mid helps no one, right? Unless you're the Cowboys. If you're the Cowboys, <laughs> you can be mid always. You can stay mid <sighs> because we're still going to talk about the Cowboys. But everybody else, that doesn't help me. And, and, a, and a team that we know is going to go into a season not competitive is even worse. Because now every single week, even if you win, we're like, all right, like they stole one. You know what I mean? So I, I, think, it's, I think it's great that Trevor Lawrence is in a situation where he can develop and thrive now. And, you know, Jacksonville's not the biggest brand, but I'm like, you know, I'm always kind of rooting for those, those guys down there. Like figure it out. Especially <laughs> now it's to London. It's, it's God. It's what well, we were, me and Brandon were talking about this the other day. I wonder if London fans are going to be ready for all this newfound success. Like, I know we're not sending the Jags over this weekend to play in the game, but will Jacksonville fans in London show up in their third-party gear to this game? Because now they're the head of the AFC South. They're in the driver's seat at this point. London fans, this one's for you. What a division. Oh. I mean, I Jags mean, are the best, the best in the division. Best in the division. What oh. happened? <laughs> The Colts O-line broke, and then the Titans decided to take the best receiver in their offense and send him away and inexplicably make so their bad. team worse. You know, the Colts are the most disappointing in that division, though, to me, because when, when a team consistently lets you down and you keep picking them, it, it starts to make you feel like, like you're an idiot, and I'm not an idiot, so... The Colts are making me look like an idiot. I'm like, oh, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, second chance, gonna have that chip on his shoulder. Are they the most? Dis they're the most disappointing team in the NFL so far this season, right? I can't For think me. of a team who, relative to expectation, yes. has gone out and underperformed so badly. And I know we're saying this the week after they beat the Chiefs, Thank but you. it wasn't like it looked good in the process. Yeah, no, everything went wrong for the Chiefs. It wasn't the. It was a dumpster fire, and the Colts stayed alive. And honestly, had that they not gotten that ridiculous uh, penalty on Chris Jones, they still would have lost. So no, like that's that's a fake W. They should have an asterisk next to it. <laughs> no fake W's, Joy. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I know, but it's not. That's way more on the Chiefs than it is on the Colts. The most disappointing team to me this year is the Raiders. Mm. Oh yes, I like that. Hmm. And we, it's it's very early still, but that Belichick coaching tree continues I, to bear ooh. sour fruit. I, like, I that situation see. is bad. I could say it's the bottom of the AFC West because Denver's been a wild disappointment to start say. the year, too. But the difference with Denver and – I almost said Oakland. The difference with, De with Denver and the Raiders, to me, is they're – there, there are you're getting a new coach, a new offensive system. Russ is new there. Like Derek Carr's been there. A lot of those offensive pieces have been there. Obviously, Devontae Adams is new, but he has a relationship with Derek Carr. There should have been a little bit more turnkeyness to the Raiders 
Whereas Denver has a whole lot of new, a new owner, new first time head coach, new quarterback, new system for everyone. It's, it's just like a lot of new. So it, from that perspective, I do expect Denver. And by the way, they're two and one, despite looking garbage. So the Raiders are 0 and 3. True. Right, you know what I mean? So like, there's still a massive gap here. Like we can talk about how bad Denver's looks, but like, they are still they still manage to scrape together two garbage wins. You know what I mean? So like I I can't I can't Look, go that far with them. Looking at the scores to start their season is the saddest exercise. 17-6 loss to Seattle, 16-9 win over Houston and the 11-10 win against San Fran this week. The game between them and the Raiders is going to be one where I watch through my hands like this the majority of the time because that 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 Niners uh, Broncos game was poo. Poo. John Morant, John Morant said it. He's right. It was poo. It was poo. It was poo poo platter. I don't want huh. to give. I don't want to. I don't feel like it's Derek Carr's fault, Joy. If you guys remember that uh, Bleach Report post about how ter- terrible the Raiders draft has been for like the last five years, like they their foundation is broken. Like they are literally a renter center of a of a franchise right now. I don't know that I'm putting it on Derek Carr. Derek Carr managed to pull them together through an absolute nightmare of a situation with Gruden and and all of that. Like I, I've seen Derek Carr do this before. I don't think I'm putting it on Derek Carr either. But at some point or another, they got to get it together. I mean, I, I don't. It's again, it's early in the season, but you haven't won a game yet. Like to to our point about Denver, the wins are hideous, but they're uh, they're wins, you know. They are, and I, with Josh McDaniels, it's going to be really interesting how we continue to judge him because you're right, Nathaniel Hackett's not only a first time head coach, but also someone who we look at the situation in Green Bay and go, all right, how much of that are we willing to give you credit for? Because Aaron Rodgers is there, because Matt Lafleur's there, Josh McDaniels. Whatever we've thought about his prior runs at being a head coach that have both end, you know, ended well, one ended poorly, one ended before it even started in Indianapolis, that whole fiasco. But he's shown an ability to adjust in the last couple of years in New England. We look at him and say that's a pretty competent offensive coach. And so, Joy, I'm kind of with you on the Derek Carr front, less because I actually think he's the problem and more because I know he's the scapegoat if they need to change something, if this keeps going poorly. Josh McDaniels is going to be there, and Derek Carr's got a contract out next year. And so, right, wrong, or indifferent, if this keeps going south, the easiest way for the head coach to sell Mark Davis and say, hey, man, listen, I got to get my guy in here, is to go out and make that move and try and figure out who's coming next in there. There because this organization has had Derek Carr there for so long. Yeah, and who was the guy last time for Josh McDaniels? Uh, okay, uh, no, because no, I, 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 I wanted to move on Don't. from this. But I know we all we all have growth. We should be allowed to grow. We should be allowed to learn from our mistakes. I'm just saying. Look, it's very early in the season. I I do think they're going to get a win this year. I think I, f- I feel good about that. I win. I think the Raiders will eventually get a win. Um, it, it's been- <laughs> no, I mean, I'm being sarcastic. I, I, there's just too much talent on, on that team for it to be looking like this. It doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not right. They've had pieces there. 
it, we expected more of the AFC West, and I think that those expectations are fair. And when you bring in Devontae Adams, who's the number one receiver in the league, or one of the top receivers in the league, depending on what your preference is, he, you got to do more. Like, you, could, you should be winning a game. Now, okay, I, I want to continue to ask you about football, but I do want to ask you about basketball before we get even there. Rihanna is going to be doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl, Joy. Like, are we excited? Like, what are we thinking? Like, this feels like something we could have dreamed up in 2017. I, yes, I'm excited. I mean, it was not even something that I would have ever. If you gave me 50 guesses, I wouldn't have said that right? Rihanna was going to do the Super Bowl. It's an, it's an amazing development. Normally, I'm like, great. Right. Yeah. Sounds exciting. I know, last year was a pretty good time. Uh, what was last year? Yeah, last sure year was, was the uh, yeah. Snoop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, last year's was great. Yeah. I was there. Crip last walking. year's was great. I'm, 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 I'm mixing all of them together. Last year's was great. Last year's was legendary. Um, that was exciting. The J Lo Shakira one was exciting. Um, obviously Beyonce is queen of planet Earth, so anytime Beyonce does it, that's exciting. But we've had a couple duds. We've had a couple. We got a couple duds. Uh, I love this. I'm very excited about it. I love all the memes. I particularly like the one where they changed the football into the makeup sponge. Mm. Oh, you saw that one? <laughs> um, listen, I, speaking of that Super Bowl, uh, I actually met Rihanna at the LA Super Bowl. Subtle flex. Mm. Yeah, it was, it's met? a pretty amazing story. It's a pretty amazing story. I'll tell you guys when we're not recording. But I, I met Rihanna and... When I tell you, uh, outside of, outside of, well, I'm not even going to compare the two of them, but like Beyonce is obviously not of this planet, um, but I didn't get the opportunity to talk to Beyonce. I did get the opportunity to talk to Rihanna, and when, like, in biblical times, when they're like, there's like angels and then like normal people, yes, that's Rihanna. Like Rihanna doesn't stand on the ground. Like this is the ground, and this is Rihanna's feet. They just hover. It's like Prince where she has an aura. Yeah. Yes, she does. Like they need the space, like the air to flow through so that she can glide in the room. She's like, it's not, it's indescribable how beautiful and like just glowy she is. I can't wait for this. I'm very excited. I'm impressed that you were ever like, and this is just a testament to you because if I had been in that situation, I don't know what I would have said to Rihanna. Like, I don't think I have words. I told her she, I I told her she was beautiful. I didn't know what else to say. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just trying to like not, not just be trying to act as normal as I possibly can without sounding like a a weird, like, I just don't, I don't know. I hope it didn't sound weird. I probably did. I'm sure I did. But that's all I could think to say. My, my... <laughs> you smell good. <laughs> yeah. you smell Do you good. always smell like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. I can. Y'all know how weird I am. I'm bad in those situations. I, I'm not. I, I'm not awkward per se, but like I don't know how to act in certain situations because I just like I'm not. I don't know what to say. I'm not cool. So. I don't know. You did. You, know? you did. You did. I got to say to Rihanna that's relatable. Well, like, what do you like? What do any of us have to offer Rihanna that we can relate right. to her life? Hey. Like, she's, like, she's a billionaire. I, what can I say it's relatable? Like, oh, like, 
sun is not so hot today. <laughs> well, that's, that's something we're both experiencing. I don't know. Like, there's nothing in my life that's that I, I like. Oh, I have a, a Fenty lip gloss that I love. Here it is. See, like, what else am I gonna? Say. You know what uh, you people do? You got to lean in and, and listen with a smile like you're ready to laugh regardless of what they say. You're just like, yeah, it's good. It's good. Finish your sentence so I can bust out laughter. <laughs> nice meeting you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I got through it, though. I was I was very excited. But, yes, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to Rihanna. Rihanna's going to be incredible. I'm pumped for that one. A lot of people thought, because I'm a Taylor Swift guy, that I was bummed after the rumors there. Who can be bummed about Rihanna? Rihanna's going to be incredible we all know that i think taylor swift will probably do it next year though i so my theory on that and i saw a lot of other people posit this and is that there could have been a very real world where taylor swift was in contention for this but once someone else broke the news it was like tom brady's retirement where i fully believe he unretired out of spite and so I don't think she was going to do anything on anybody else's time. And maybe there was a decision to be made here. And this made it a lot easier when all of a sudden info started to get leaked out instead of put out the way it normally would be by one of their camps. But didn't Rihanna post? That's how I found out was her post. No, that's what I'm saying. I found out through Rihanna's post. I'm saying like that week before because Rihanna, that was the beginning of this week. And Taylor Swift, all the rumors were the end of last week. Oh, and so, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm sure they probably made the decision long enough ago, and I'm trying to just, you know, put weird Taylor Swift conspiracy theories out there because that's who I am at my core. But either way, <laughs> it's all it's all's well that ends well here. But um The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Joy, Brandon mentioned the NBA. We had media days go on this week, which, man, this league's spilling tea very early on. I feel like the Miami Heat were conspicuously absent from that. Like, what's the current status of Heat Island right now going into this season? I think Heat Island's pretty quiet. I mean, most of the stuff I saw from Jimmy was with with Taylor Rooks, my dear friend Taylor, and it mostly involves, you know, his hair. So... I, you know, I, but the Heat don't really like have drama. That's not that's not really the Heat's mo. I mean, they are a a flashy organization, but they're not really an organization that's involved in a lot of shenanigans. I mean, they're they're pretty consistent. They've had you know Spo forever, and like the infrastructure is basically the same. So I don't I don't think there's a whole lot going on 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 Heat Island right now. Some other islands are quite busy though. Man, I. 
Which oh, which island out. most surprised you in their news coming out? Because I thought Brooklyn was very candid, but actually sounded pretty composed. The Suns seem like very loudly they could be the messiest team in the league this year. Robert Sarver, you know, is certainly the biggest part of that. But those DeAndre Ayton comments were pretty damning for a guy that's supposed to be one of the most important parts of your team. Okay, uh, can we we can't say messy without saying the Boston Celtics right now. So. Just wanted to throw that out there. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that's a dumpster fire. Mm. And and obviously, you know, you have the Lakers to toss in there as well. Um, when it comes to the drama, they're not a dumpster fire. But, like, you know, just quotes and such. Yeah, I think the Suns, it's – and for obvious reasons, um, I think the Suns and the Celtics are in the most uh, brutal situations going into the season – by no fault of the players in that scenario. But, you know, uh, the Aiton thing, that, that just went bad. Like, they, sh- they, they shouldn't – they should have tried to fix that situation. So it's not surprising to me that there's a rift there. Um, and then with Boston, I mean, that's – it's you're, you're going into, the, uh, what, a weekend? When did that news come down? Last Thursday? So a weekend before so, the yes. training camps open, your your head coach is out for the year. You know, I, I mean, it, listen, this league has always got something going on, but this has been a really intense, like all jokes aside, a very intense past couple weeks for the NBA and obviously for the Suns and the and the Celtics. Well, and I think like those headlines you mentioned for Boston, very serious things when talk when you're talking about those kind of things going on in the workplace. But it does make you forget that for a while in this offseason, the conversation was around what that locker room was going to be like, knowing that those Jalen Brown trade rumors floated when Kevin Durant was shopping over the summer. If that seems like something that's a distant memory at this point, but you do yeah. wonder if for Jalen Brown, if that's a distant memory walking back into that building, especially considering you could argue he was the best player on the court for them during this last run in the postseason. You, you statistically, yeah, you could argue that. Yeah, I mean, I if I'm Jalen, I feel some type of way about it, but I'm, you know, immature. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't let go of a grudge. But... You know, I think it's probably become bigger now than whatever was going on with that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, when you have a situation like a Sarver or obviously what's what's happened with the Celtics go on, all of those little things that maybe some consistency or some positivity could clean them up or not let them fester into bigger things. Now you have so much chaos that it's hard to imagine that they won't become bigger things, you know, so... I, I think it's going to be an interesting season, but it's 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 also it's also going to play a role those big stories in how these seasons go because you have two of the top teams, you know, in the Eastern and Western Conference in disarray due to you know non locker room related issues in the Celtics and the Suns. The Celtics the best team in the East last year. Now they don't have a head coach. You know that's that's a lot. <laughs> the the owner is selling in phoenix like that's that's a lot it's so these we think it just comes down to you know playing but you guys know this if you work in a dysfunctional place it all affects how you work it all affects what what you're able to put out and the accomplishments that you're able to reach because you're dealing with an extra level of dysfunction 
it just makes your it makes your life harder. It makes your job harder, even if you are great at what you do. Yeah, Giannis and the Bucks are sitting up there just idly biding their time, being totally unproblematic in Milwaukee right now, going, all right, we'll, we'll win this if no one else wants to step up and do the whole thing right now. Well, I mean, I think I think the Heat are, heat are right there as well. I think, the, I, listen, I think the Nets are too. Like, I mm. think that this team could get very much back to the mode of two, like when they first came together and we all thought it was going to be a circus and it was just poorly timed injury at the end that undid them. Like, now that there's no more we, you know, vaccine laws going on in New York, they're going to keep Kyrie Irving off the floor. This situation could get a lot easier. I don't know what to make of the Nets. I adore Kevin Durant, and I just... I just want nice things for KD. <laughs> I want to see KD play in the finals. Like I like watching Kevin Durant play play basketball in the postseason, and I I would like for the people around Kevin Durant to recognize that that's what I want. So <laughs> do whatever you have to do to make that happen. And it it very much irritates me when things happen that that keep that from being my reality. I don't know what to make of the Nets. There's there's so much going on there. I just I don't even know where to start with the Nets. It's, it's. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the we'll see stage with the Nets. The Sixers are interesting, though. I'm gonna get the Sixers interesting. I, okay. I, well, I was. I definitely don't want to talk about the Sixers. So let me. I was just like, thank you. I, I just. I, you, you blacked out for a second. Yeah, I was like, I was also, like... I don't. I don't like to bring this up with the Nets, but I guess we have to. Like Ben is Ben Simmons going to play basketball? Like, I, I, when when is that? How does that play into? So we we talked to Christian year? Winfield from the New York Daily News yesterday, who said Ben Simmons is back, healthy, mentally, physically, in a really good spot. And I mean, hell, he did media. I saw him on JJ Reddick's podcast, so he's speaking publicly again, which we didn't get all at the end of last year. And so. I feel like that's another one where he's gone through such an up and down public perception wise that we're probably just going to get back to now going, all right, this is still a guy that for like, and I saw Steve Nash came out and said, I don't care if Ben Simmons shoots. We've heard reports that he's shooting and practicing corner threes and plans on trying to do some, but he's on the team now where that doesn't matter. He's a distant third best player on this team when they're at full strength. And so if he goes out there and is just first team all defense and is guarding one through five, then all of a sudden we're at a spot where we go, oh, that's why so many people bent over backwards to try and make it work. Yeah, I mean, he has that. We've seen it. So, you know, he has that potential. I'm just saying I there's a lot going on there and I just want to I'm in the, I'm in I'm in the non-prediction mode for them because it's just been too chaotic for me to evaluate. If everything goes perfect, of course, they should be title favorites. Okay. But when is that happens? That's a fair point. Okay, I, I, the thing I wanted to ask you about was the Lakers and just if Pat Bev and and Russell Westbrook or actually going to be friends are actually friends but let's not go there let's not go there. we'll leave that alone uh we'll, we'll let that manifest and see if they actually end up on the same team later on in the season we'll, we'll revisit that conversation around christmas but rolling stones joy <laughs> rolling stones ranked the top 100 tv shows and i wanted to run uh the top five by you to see if you have any strong objections is that okay okay are these all time all time all time they rank top hmm. 100 but I'm going to give you top five. Okay. So, yeah, I feel like Hunter could take a yes. while. Uh, yes, we don't have the time. Uh, number one, 
The Sopranos. Two, The Simpsons. Three, Breaking Bad. Four, The Wire. Five, Fleabag. I'm gonna stretch it out. I'm gonna stretch it out to ten, just in case you don't know Fleabag. Uh, Seinfeld six, Madman seven, Cheers eight, Atlanta at nine, and the Mary Tyler Moore Show at ten. Um, other should I know Fleabag? Mike's seen it. I haven't. I don't know Fleabag. No, it's understandable. And like, this is the tough part. I think in a day and age where we've got so many streaming options, this becomes a lot harder because you're going to have a bunch of these shows that only half the population, maybe even less, have actually seen. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if I should know Fleabag or not. I don't. I, I mean, that's not an outrageous list. That's what I thought. Secession. Seen- Secession's at number eleven. But the the big thing that we like is that um, uh, Parks and Rec is over The Office. Which, hmm. feels, which feels appropriate for us. I mean, I love both of those shows. Uh, Shit's Creek is up there. Obviously, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb's um, at 49, Game of I believe. Game of Thrones was at like 35 or 34 on this list, which stunned That felt like they were penalized way too strongly for what happened in the last season. I mean, the last season, it, it, it needs to be talked about. Like, it needs to be discussed. Uh, I think... I didn't get outraged by it because I have a life, but I do understand. <laughs> I do. I, I was, I was irritated by how it went um, because I dedicated so much of my precious time to that show. So, I, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's overly penalized, but also game of Thrones is nerd. It's nerdville. So it is, you know, those, those, those other shows are more for everyone. Like there, what other, there are no fantasy shows in those top ten, right? No, I mean, I guess no. I, The Simpsons is a cartoon, but it definitely is, a, is a cartoon. An everyone cartoon, right? Predicts the future. I mean, I feel like I feel like if you have a whole you know section of Universal Studios, like it's probably a good solid show in The Simpsons. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, barometer to measure if you've got your own separate area of an entire Universal did like whatever amusement theme park, park or theme park belongs to you. Like shout out to Harry Potter World at Universal in Florida. So you good. got I still our, our Harry Potter out here is excellent. Wait. I was just there last night. We Saturday. have a Harry Potter? What do you mean? Of course we do. Yeah, get out, Mike. I, so this is joy. One of the biggest regrets of my life. We went and played in the Champ Sports Bowl in Orlando when we were in college, and there was a DJ day where Manuals, we got time uh, to State. go to theme. Yeah, we got time to go to the theme parks if we wanted to, and you had to. It was a little bit more of a hike, and you had to actually pay. We got access from you know being in the bowl game to the normal parks, and if you wanted to go to Universal and Harry Potter World, you had to pay, and it was an extra ride. And I was like, oh, I'll be back some other time. Haven't been back. Haven't had a chance to go back. Haven't been to Harry Potter World yet, despite the fact that all I want to do is go and shotgun butterbeer and hang out and pick wands with my friends. Yeah, it's right down the street. It's in the valley. I was just there Saturday. Harry Potter World's awesome. They've got butterbeer, and you can get a little wand with your name on it. They've even got a little pub there. I got a cider. Um, and the ride is awesome. Like, it's my favorite ride at Universal. They tax them for them wands, though. Them wands are like $75. Well, I'm not buying a wand. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pay for the wand. And here's a here's a little burst your bubble thing for everybody out there. So I don't know if I'm gonna hurt anyone's feelings with this news, but there's no alcohol in butterbeer. 
So really, don't you only need one? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no alcohol. Just flavor. In it. And people our age can't consume that much sugar. Oh my so gosh. you're gonna need one butter beer, and then move on to the good stuff. Uh, which they do sell at Universal. So, have you been to Universal Studios? Here? I haven't. No, I have not done. Oh, it's. Awesome. I have not done any of the West Coast theme parks. Like I've never been to Disneyland. I've only been to Disney World on the East oh, Coast, Mike. and I've never been to the West Coast Universal. Yeah, I'm. I need to go to the Disneyland. I've been to Disneyland here, but I need to go back so I can go to the Star Wars space. Mm. But you, yeah, you'll love Universal. It's it's really fun. It's a good time. Like, I highly recommend. Uh, hack, if you're in the media, you just email them. You get two free, me- free media tickets a year. So go ahead and do that, Mike. I know you like I know you like your free sweat. However. What? However, uh, I don't know if the media tickets are the express lane. Mm. Oh, yeah, they're not. And if you want to have a miserable time at a theme park, you don't. You don't fork over the extra dollars for the express lane. Yeah, yeah, no. Listen. I'm sure you're paid well to do this podcast. <laughs> just go on ahead. <laughs> Like you don't have no kids, just go, just go on ahead and buy the express tickets. They're worth it. You're not gonna get Universal every weekend, so it's totally worth it for the experience. Otherwise, you will stand for an hour in line for a ride, which I think at this point in our lives is in, is an insane way to spend your afternoon. No, I I completely agree. One of the few places in my life I consider myself truly bougie is when it comes to line culture. I walk through airports every weekend and I watch these suckers standing in line at Starbucks and Dunkin' a mile wide when you can get the value above replacement for any product in the airport is not worth a half hour of your time in line. I don't know what, you don't need it that bad. It's also the airport. Unless you have like a massive layover, you're there for what, two hours max? As you're getting ready to go on this plane, suck it up and get it on the other side when you leave the airport. I, I can't understand people sometimes. Or just go to the coffee bean, man. Yes. I, I'm not into I'm not into uh super brand loyalty people like the people that are like, I have to have my double pump blah 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 blah. Like, okay, cool. You're like a part of something. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Whatever. <laughs> Those are people that were never uh, on an actual team before that are like, Starbucks is my family. <laughs> Listen, don't people go to really sick extremes to feel like they're a part of something it's like the quickest way let me know that you were a total nerd growing up is if you are super loyal to something that just doesn't couldn't provides nothing except for a service where you have to pay them Mm. money right similarly like in politics like people walking around with other grown men's name on their chests i'm like this dude doesn't care if you live or die. <laughs> He's literally voting against you having clean drinking water. But you got it, man. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna actually let Joy. Like, tell, me, actually... tell me you were cut from from your like little league t-ball team without telling me that you could <laughs> never been a part of anything in your entire yes. life. Uh, please, I have some. <laughs> I can't even get into it. Um, anyway, I'm so with you on the line culture. I don't like it has to be something that I absolutely need or ev- there is no way around this line. Like I have to I have to go to the post office or something right. like there's just or the DMV, which which I think I've argued with you like the DMV does everything they can to keep you the hell out of their building like they want you to get stuff through the mail. They don't want you yeah. there. But if you mess something up and you got to go in there. 
or you've changed some paperwork and you got to go in there, it no sucks. But they do want you to stay the hell out of oh, there. Yeah. I hate lines. I will pay whatever it is to avoid a line. I have TSA pre-check. Mm. I have um, global entry. I have clear. I was... Okay, I have. Uh, I will upgrade my Ubers. Now, of course, I'm sounding very elitist, but I have no kids, and that's by design. So, <laughs> I, 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 this is how I, this is how I choose to live my life. I don't. Right, like, I, don't I, make, I, I make no bones that it's a privilege thing. Like, yes, absolutely. This is this is the height of the privilege that I and I am going to use every ounce of it because if there are people that can't, I want to make sure that I am going out here and finding a way to do it. But it, it wasn't until right now that I realized that I didn't get TSA pre-check until Joy shamed me into it. I'm pretty sure she was just like, I just remember one time she's like- Which is a nonsense way to live your life. If you fly more than two times a year, why would you not spend, that is, that's money so well spent. I'm a man well of the people. Because the odds are, if you don't have it, you're probably gonna miss a flight and then you're gonna spend the money that you would have spent on pre-check to buy it's a It's like flight. $75, isn't it? I'm not crazy. No, Pre-check's like $75. It's $100, but if you have a specific credit card, it kind of writes it off. But listen, I'm a, no, we're going to get we're going to actually let you go cuz like I but I want to do one nerd thing on the way out. On the way out, let's do some nerd shit cuz we're all a little bit nerdy. We're all a little bit nerdy in here. And we talked about Harry Potter. On the way out, I want you to say your house, your Harry Potter house <laughs> on the way out. We're 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 getting we're getting out of here. I already know who I am. I've I've said for a long time I'm that in Hufflepuff, like I just—that's just who I am. Oh, like our real, yeah, our like, actual like, houses, like from actual Harry Potter. Yes, like the sorting, the sorting hat is put on you. Where do you think oh. you'd go? Okay, so I'm, I'm a, just rapid fire, and we can get this. But I'm Hufflepuff all day long. I mean, come on, I—I'm obviously Slytherin. I'm—I'm I'm a villain, like <laughs> in every capacity. <laughs> like I don't. Yes, I'm obviously Slytherin. Uh, oh yeah. I I'm like the cool Slytherin that like doesn't really like kick you when you're like about to go off the cliff, but I'm definitely house Slytherin. Like, I sure. definitely will like trip you just for like a laugh though in the hallway or something like that, something light. Yeah, I mean, I just did a monologue about not waiting, being an elitist and not waiting in lines. I can't, you know, I can't be like Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> no, you easily can because I'm about to say Gryffindor because I'm, you know. <laughs> I smile a lot. I try and overcome being big with tattoos by being bright and kind of like approaching with that. And I'm just wholly unoriginal at times. So what better to be a wholly unoriginal place than Gryffindor? No one's original in that house. <laughs> it's, it is on brand for you to be Gryffindor. Um, but I do, I agree with you. I don't think you're saying Gryffindor because you like are afraid to be edgy. Like I, like I, my beef with Game of Thrones is Cersei is the best character in that show. Mm -hmm. And she deserved a more violent death. Like she deserved a better death. Oh, stones yes. falling on Cersei's head is nonsense. No. That's that was weak. They were like, "Oh shit, we forgot to kill Cersei." Well, I guess the 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 palace is collapsing. Let's just put yeah. her under a big rock. Any Roadrunner Coyote style death in Game of Thrones? I'm like, okay, come on now. I'm like, <laughs> come on. All these different creative ass ways people have died. Witches. Turn turn Carl Drago into a into a, a monster zombie. You got White Walkers. You got tree people. Just a boulder. I know. I have such a newfound appreciate. Like I already appreciated Cersei. I miss her more now because in House of the Dragon we've got Alicent as a villain who is just in no way comparable to what an overwhelming badass Cersei was. People just don't understand Cersei. Mm. Like. 
Cersei, the person I don't understand Cersei because they, they look at the other villains in the story and everyone got their just due. Like her, um, what was her little uh, shithead son? Oh, Joffrey. Who was like Joffrey, King Joffrey. Joffrey. Yeah, like Joffrey got it, got mm-hmm. what was coming to him. No. And uh, what was the other? What was the guy's name? Who um, the really bad one that got eaten by the uh, oh, dogs? Oh, I got Ramsey. Ramsey Bolton. Yes. Yeah. Right, Ramsey. But Ramsey and uh, Joffrey were they were good villains but they weren't relatable so to me like a great villain has to have something about them that you're like i might would do that shit actually now that you now that you did that shit i might would do that shit too and that's what cersei was like not sleeping with her brother thank you joy i was about to say (laughs) that's the one thing that makes her kind of unrelatable the the twin different times yeah, the twin thing is a lot. <laughs> Admittedly, that's there are lines. In go off, room. twin. But like when she when she set up those little uh, go off, twin. When she set up those uh, those zealots oh. in the um in the in the sewers in the keep in the keep with with the uh, yeah with the green water. I was like, that's that bitch right there. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I would do that same shit. Yeah. All I gotta do a walk of shame. Cool, but let me get, th- when I'm done with this shit, when I get these banana peels off me and all that spit, I'm going to fuck you up. And that is exactly what she did. DNA test, man. 100% that, that bitch. 100%. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody has ever been dunked on harder. What? <laughs> she blew up the whole, And she, did, she just sat there and calmly <laughs> sipped her drink, watching all that go down. Mm. Oh, man. But you know what's so great about that show? She's sitting there drinking her meat or whatever the fuck <laughs> as the whole as the whole thing blows up. And and then her son jumps out the Man, window. Man, just awesome. <laughs> so great. She messed up but the one good like, one. Right. He was the only one. He was the only normal one. Mm-mm-mm. He just wanted to love his little wife. That's it, man. He just—he <laughs> was just out here simping his ass off. And she was good, like she was cool. Oh man, messing up. Man. That's like that's that's why that sh- that ending of the show deserves the dragging that it gets. Because it's like, man, you guys had so many elaborate things, and then you were just like, it's like, yeah, in the end. The woman's gonna go nuts, and then we're just gonna drop a boulder on Cersei. Well, it's like the Miami Dolphins season, right? Like you lose the Middle Tennessee State, is like out of nowhere, you, and you get you get out of top twenty-five. You know what I'm saying? The, you, the Miami Hurricanes. The Miami. What I say? I was like, Who? Uh, you said uh, Miami Dolphins. Bye, y'all. Listen, we not <laughs> we're not worried about the Middle Tennessee State. We'll be all right. Oh, uh, justice. Out. You know, <laughs> I've spared you both. Oh, no. Because you know what I really want to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Just Go bring ahead. it up, Joy. Go ahead. No, we don't have, we don't have time. We have to, <laughs> we've got to do this on another show. All right. Oh, she wants to talk about Manti, Mike. Yeah. The next time yes. that uh, you are in L.A., the three of us yes. are getting adult beverages, and I'm getting the store. All right. The next time we're together, we're getting adult beverages 
at Harry Potter World at Universal Studio, and we are going to hear everything. We are going to tell you everything about Man- the Manti Teo situation in exchange for you telling us the true story about how you met Rihanna. That will be our exchange. Oh, your story's going to be so much better. My story's just awesome. You're, you're going you're gonna to have like stuff I, I actually want to know. Have you guys? I'm sorry. Did you guys do this on the pod already? Yeah, we 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 had to get into this one pretty heavy because I mean I was I was there that whole last season. Brandon was teammates with him. Yeah, I know. I called. I called Brandon uh, as soon as I watched the uh, documentary, and I was losing my mind. So I'll give you guys my thoughts another time. But um, but I do want them. They're they're coming. We got you. (laughs) <laughs> Joy, we appreciate all the time today. We'll give you the uh, all the good Manti thoughts another time here. But thanks so much, everyone. Make sure you check out Speak on FS1 weekdays, four thirty Eastern. Awesome stuff with David Hellman and Joy and Acho and Shady McCoy. It's awesome stuff. Check it out, Joy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. All right, Brandon, time to round third and send this thing home. That's a baseball pun because we got baseball news. Uh, and with that in mind, Brandon, uh, do you know what time it is? <gasps> yeah. Right now? Okay. <laughs> you told me you love me. Why did you leave me all alone? Now you tell me you need me when you call me on the phone Girl, I refuse, you must have me confused With some other guy, not like the baby Bridges are burned, now it's the stab in the third The stab in the third, come on The stab in the third, the stab in the third this that in the third I was trying so hard in my head to figure out which part of this that in the third would have fit for the cry me cry me the third the third <laughs> oh cry me re- the third the third cry me a river the third the third we do need we do need more this that and the third songs with wild R and B ad libs in the background. 
<laughs> you know, no, no, no. Oh my god. Honestly, in general, I feel like that's something that modern music has lost is having just absolutely ridiculous ad-libs in the background. Like I feel like Usher in the early 2000s was still kind of on that tip, but I don't feel like we get as much of that now. No, and you're reminding me of uh, what I need to add in there and that's uh slow jams. Kanye West, uh Jamie Foxx. No? <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I, I was just, I was doing the stink face, thinking about the oh 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 oh. That's it. That's it right there. <laughs> Damn, Smoking baby, I can't go that. Ow, Al Green. Ow. That was my favorite. Al Green. Ho. Al Green. Ho. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn, baby, I can't go that fast, but I know somebody who can. Twist uh, the little man with my hand and my cannabis. That's bonus content for you. As always, mm. download, subscribe, rate, review, Gojo. Leave us a five-star rating and a review and tell Brandon how much you enjoyed this, that, and the third. And I think it should be extra special today because it spurred us on to continue down another avenue. And you got bonus <laughs> songs out of today. Don't say we don't love you. We do shit all the time to show you that we love you. We're man. not... We're like, but we're not like, it's not like, and I don't mean to like short, and this is not like a real stepdad, but this is the figurative stepdad <laughs> comes in and tries to buy your affection with gifts and get you to call you call him dad, hey. even though you want to call him by first name for a while. Like, no, I'm calling you Frank right now. We're in the transition period. I, I like what you're going, where you're going, but once stepdad comes around, that's a little bit, that's the, the that's, uh, it's no longer shiny. It's, it's, it's the mom's boyfriend. That's buying the affection. That works. That works. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll Mom's, take it. Yeah, yes. it's, it's good. Good to update the metaphor every once in a while here. We don't want that shit to get stale. But, Brandon, nothing stale about this right now. All motherfucking rise. Aaron Judge finally did it. Our national nightmare is over. Aaron Judge ties Roger Maris's record in the American League with 61 home runs. He did it in the series finale against the Blue uh, against the Blue Jays on Wednesday night. Um, it I, I I had forgotten about this, and it's simple math. It's not hard, but it had been 61 seasons since Roger Maris had hit 61 home runs. And so for Judge, who had been on a little bit of a drought, seven-game homerless streak since he hit home run number 60, I'm sure a tremendous relief. He now trails only Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and Barry Bonds. The thing I appreciate most about Judge is he came out when asked about it and said, no, Barry hit those home runs. I stayed up late as a kid and I watched him hit those home runs. I don't care what any of you guys want to say. That's his record and I'm not touching it. Because Boone and some others said that because Judge isn't linked to any PEDs that, you know, they don't seem this tainted. Honestly, I don't care, but like, let's not bring it up right now because if you're, you know, you, you, you set yourself up to be disappointed. All I'm saying is Aaron Judge went out, did the damn thing. Yankees fans, you got Michael K on the call so you guys can all stop crying, whatever weird faction of you was doing that through the stretch of games at the end of last week. But, Brandon, I do. there's been so much talk about, and people always love to do this, the home run ball and the value and what happens if you catch it. We saw this happen with Albert Pujols and his stretch to get 700 home runs. 
and fans who caught it, there were three Blue Jays fans in the outfield that all had a good look at it and fumbled the bag and dropped it. Had glo- had their gloves at the park and fumbled the bag down into the bullpen in the back of the stadium in the outfield. So tough look for them. Huge win for Judge and his family and everyone who had been traveling around game for game waiting to see this moment. I'm sure they're happy to get to spend that time with their son and all be around. But damn, what a huge relief for everybody involved. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that's a great ball don't lie moment, Mark, uh, Mike. <laughs> the the Blue, Blue Jays fans not, not supposed to catch that ball. Uh, but I love that it happened in September, Mike. Obviously, I just think, you know, he, he gets the chance to cap off this historic September by actually uh, getting to that 61 mark, the most in American League uh, Yankees record. Uh, just, it just feels good. Feels right, and he's the he's the guy to do it. He's the right dude to do it. He's wearing on the way to this game. He wore a New York or nowhere hoodie, Mike, uh, trying to let everybody know that he wants to be with the Yankees uh, into the into the future. So, uh, yeah, good on Aaron Judge. Aaron and doing it in a contract year. Oh, King of Kings, Man. we salute you for Lamar going. Jackson out. is watching. Yes, baseball's large adult son went out here and mashed that dinger. I think according to ESPN stats and info, that was uh, his hardest hit home run of the season as they track that stuff. So he was really letting out some pent-up frustration. He took the camp goggles off and finally said, I'm going to go ahead and get this one going and launch that into the sun. So congratulations to Aaron Judge. We will be on the lookout for home run number 62 as well, but... Great for everyone involved here. Awesome moment for history and Aaron Judge and just the relief because it was going to be really uncomfortable if he got all this way and somehow managed to not get it. Um, Brandon, we will get to that, but Aaron Judge went out there and accomplished a really great thing, looked good doing it. We want to make sure that you guys are in the position to do that as well because while I don't know what kind of sunglasses Aaron Judge wears, if he was smart, he would wear knock-around sunglasses. He probably would have hit the 61st home run a lot sooner had he been wearing knock-around sunglasses more consistently. That's because knock-arounds, wonderful polarized sunglasses only cost you about $30 a pair. So you don't have to spend time worrying about them all the time. Like, oh my God, what am I going to, am I going to have the right size or color? Are they going to fit my fit? No, they're going to do all those things and it takes the pressure off you. And then you can mash relentless record setting dingers like Brandon Newman. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can mash dingers and look great doing it. That's because you can do them in a variety of colors. Brandon has customized his knockaround sunglasses in Los Angeles Lakers colors. If you wanted to make them in Yankees colors or whatever team you think Aaron Judge might end up on next year if the Yankees aren't smart Stop. and don't give that man what he wants, you can get all that over a billion possible combinations in the knockaround custom shop. They are great for running the bases after you are trotting off your 61st home run. Runner's World Magazine named them a 2021 editor's choice. Knockaround sunglasses, they are high quality. They are polarized sunglasses, and they are so truly affordable. And because, again, we are your mom's boyfriend, and we want you to like us a lot, so we have a promo (laughs) code that you can use. When you go to knockaround.com, head to checkout and use promo code GOJO, you get 20% off your already very affordable sunglasses. So maybe at some point you'll call us dad or let us marry your mom. That's knockaround.com, promo code GOJO for 20% off at checkout. Um, Brandon, let's get to that. 
That is the always interesting decision of people who are opinion people starting to become newsmaking people. And A.J. McCarron, who was the former Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback who has now started doing some work in the media, works over at ESPN, does a college football show on ESPN Digital with our good buddy Jason Fitz. He went on Slow News Day with Kevin Clark, a phenomenal program of which I, which I have been a guest. Kevin does a great yes. job over at The Ringer. He went on Slow News Day with Kevin Clark and said sources had told him that Brian Harson, the Auburn head coach who was the subject of what can pretty accurately be described as an attempted coup this offseason, um, that Brian Harson has already been informed that he is out at the end of the year. Um, now, according to Alabama.com, uh, there have been sources telling them that Harson has not been informed that his job status is in peril, nor has he already been told he'll be fired at the end of the season. But, Brandon, the notion of A.J. McCarron, former Alabama quarterback, being connected enough to know that stuff isn't nonsense to me. Like, I'm sure A.J. knows people down in that area, but the notion that he would launch this bomb at the Auburn fan base from the Alabama section is peak rivalry stuff. Yeah, but also peak green stuff when it comes to the media member, right, Mike? Like, you wouldn't – you I mean, shouldn't really go out with he, that. He shit. did say sources are telling him, so he's got the right verbiage and clearly understands <sighs> what he's trying to do here. And as someone who was at one point in time an NFL insider, broke there you go. the Harrison Smith third contract news when he signed that with the Minnesota Vikings the other offseason, you know, I understand how that side of the business works. It's a messy game, and I just, I don't know what, this is always interesting to me, because I love it. Like, I love A.J. McCarron saying, yeah, I'm new here, and I'd like to step out and show you what's really good. This is how I feel, and it being a rival makes it even more perfect. I'm just telling you, A.J., I don't know you, but I care about you. Dangerous game. The scoops business, dangerous game. And I don't know if you want to be involved in that. Woj, Shefty, Jeff Passan, the way these people have to live is different than how the rest of us have to live. And if you get a little taste of this right now, I'm sure. worried he's going to like it too much. Because, Brandon, it's a rush. Seeing your shit get retweeted everywhere, having people call you an insider, start to ask you questions about what else your sources may know, it at one time got to me. I was at one point a victim of that narcotic, and I thought about making that more a part of my life, and I had to wean myself off the stuff. And so I just don't want AJ to get caught up in that. It's like in um, walk hard the Dewey Cox story you don't want yes. none of this Dewey <laughs> get out of here Dewey go <laughs> you never once offered to pay for drugs not once <laughs> I just don't want that for AJ well, I, I hear you Mike and I and I uh, appreciate the, the tea that's being spilled but if anyone does any digging and finds out that the source is someone like me woo. You're gonna be in trouble, Mike, because anything that comes out of my mouth is not a source. <laughs> it's an opinion based on a gut feeling, a gut data fact. Gut, gut data facts, which do not qualify as sources. Again, I'm not even disputing AJ McCarron's sources. I'm just saying. There's not many people that get to do both. Like, Jay Glazer is one of the only guys I know that comes oh, out yeah. here and is an opinionist, but also an insider and operates in that middle ground where he's also training players. 
it's an interesting place to be and it's not to say it's unprecedented there are plenty of people who are well-connected former players who run in those circles and again I'm AJ McCarron seems like he could absolutely know people that run in those crews but man this can be fun to watch Auburn is already an insanely chaotic situation Auburn already played a tire fire of a football game last weekend that seemed to stave off elimination for Brian Harson for at least another week and it just is more noise around this program that already seems to have a lot of noise constantly around this program so Y'all enjoy that one out here, and I'm going to be glued to A.J. McCarron's timeline now. So that's a win for everybody involved. Uh, Brandon, let's get to the third. Let's get to the real win for everybody involved. You made me aware of this story. (laughs) McDonald's is set to offer Happy Meals geared toward adults for a limited time. Uh, Tariq Hassan, McDonald's USA Chief Marketing and Customer Experience Officer, said we're going to take one of the uh, one of the most nostalgic McDonald's experiences and literally repackage it in a new way that's hyper relevant for our adult fans. Now, are there like adult McDonald's fans? Like there are adult Disney fans? Is that what I'm led to believe here? I think there. Uh, I would say there has to be because at this point in time, there's people that are like. Oh, you can eat at McDonald's. Like, I feel like it's very political. McDonald's is politicized. Like, either you you don't eat at McDonald's and you're saving the world, or you do and you're a part of the problem. And I am a part of the problem. Well, I, you've also had to see these fast food restaurants. A lot of them pivot to Beyond Meat and include a lot of these big buzzwordy foods to make it seem like they're trying to be part of the solution, too. Hey, and, and, I'm, and I'm eating it up because guess what? If the, for all the Disney parents out there, like I am a McDonald's parent. Like I'm not feeding my child McDonald's on a crazy basis, but they do have options for children now. So like, I mean, just check them They've out. They've always you know, had options for children. Good. That's what the Happy Meal was for. <laughs> I mean, nutritional ones, Mike. I mean, nutritional options. They serve milk and shit there. Milk is not a nutritional option. You know, oh, milk, milk's listen. not. It's, listen, I understand that Mike. milk is technically for somebody else's baby, but look at us no. and how much milk no. we drank. I, I, all I'm saying is one thing they didn't tell us during the Got Milk campaign is that the main cause of osteoporosis is milk, is calcium milk. It's like. Like what? Cow, cow's milk is the main cause of osteoporosis, and that's the thing we was trying to drink that shit to beat because we didn't want to. We want to get our bones all strong. Honestly, Jim Harbaugh made it not cool because he was so gung ho about milk and drinking it with steak. There are times when a good tall cold glass of milk smacks, mainly with cake. Like around Thanksgiving okay. or around birthdays, if cake is being served, I promise you, my family's big fat ass is pouring some tall glasses of cold milk and absolutely housing it. I feel like milk at this point, underrated. Milk underrated? I think milk's underrated at this point. Um, that's too hot of a take. I'm I'm too I'm too in 2022, and I've spent too much time in LA to to agree with that take. I you got to spend like, a little bit more time in that land. I, I have, man. I've tried almond milk and stuff. It tastes like drinking liquid cardboard. It's terrible. It's good for you, Mike. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> we haven't mentioned anything about these Happy Meals. All right, yeah. So <laughs> this Happy 
The meal will be packaged in a box specifically designed with reminiscent Happy Meals from the old days. Uh, toys inside a Happy Meal for adults will include redesigned takes on McDonald's famous mascots, and they are horrifying looking. <laughs> Of including Grimace, the Hamburglar, Birdie, plus a new character named Cactus Buddy. <laughs> I don't know why we think this is so funny, but to introduce a new Disney character, a Disney character, McDonald's character, and to name dude Cactus Buddy is wild to me. Now, apparently, he's connected to uh, Cactus Jack and, and Jay Balvin. Cactus Jack obviously being uh, the pseudonym for uh, Travis Scott and the ca- Cactus well, Jack meal and all yeah, these different meals that they're a, rolling it's out It's a here. collaboration between the streetwear slash grunge brand Cactus Plant Flea Market that was popularized by Kanye and Pharrell in recent years. McDonald's has also partnered with BTS, Jay Balvin, Travis Scott uh, to help with the stuff in the past. Which, by the way, too many. There's too many collaborations now. Too many collaborations yeah. across the board. There are too many collaborations, Mike. But I've actually seen some fire, fire McDonald's merch that was worn by an NFL players. So I know it costs a lot of money, and it was it was one of these cactus uh, free market. T-shirts. Yeah, no, like, I remember. So I, I think the Cactus Flea Market might be different than the Cactus Jack stuff. Okay. C- cactus Plant Free Market McDonald's clothes. Yeah, Cactus Plant Free Market uh, Flea Market I think is different than Cactus Jack. There was the Cactus Jack Travis Scott McDonald's Happy Meal special for a while. And there was merch there, which again, I'm not sure who they think they're targeting with that. Like, I have done a lot of things like this in the world of sneakers, where, yeah, I fell victim to the Travis Scott hype machine around a lot of those shoe releases and have a bunch of them for that reason and enjoy the clout that it gave me for a time when that thing was a little bit more a part of who I was. Now I look at this and go, is that going to be the reason why I go and get a fast food burger? Probably not. Now, Brandon... This brings to the ultimate point of this, which is part of this was the weird, like, off-brand psychedelic versions of the toys that you used to get here. That can't be the game anymore. In a day and age where we have decriminalized so many more of the, like, lower-level, what used to be called gateway drugs. Okay. Like, what if you just put a little bit of weed in there? Like, what if McDonald's partners with a dispensary in states where that is legal and the adult Happy Meals, you get a little bit of weed or, like, a little bit of mushrooms? Okay, now now we're talking, like, a little bit of, like, because, you know, uh, Happy Meals are now customizable. You can decide if you want the fries or the or the apples or the milk or the, the drink or the, the nuggets or the burger. Now, in this one, it's going to be 10-piece nuggets or the Big Mac. So I like this. It's like this. Okay, what was your, what's your drug of choice? He's like, uh, I can't do I can't do reefer. It's like, wait, sativa or indica? Only indica? No, well, I'll take a mushroom. I mean, realist again. If you're talking about getting the parties involved that would already be interested in this, people that are really high would probably be interested in eating McDonald's. And getting them high while they're there is just meeting your audience where they are. Oh, I think they actually are meeting us where we are in that regard. Sorry to say us in this, but 
the cactus plant flea market shirt that I'm seeing, Mike, and these characters, these characters look like they're trippy. Like these characters. If you're look watching like you on looking at, if you're watching on YouTube right now, these are only characters you could come up with high off your fucking ass. High, high as hell. There's not one character from McDonald's that doesn't have more than four eyes. Just to let you guys know, like Ronald, Ronald McDonald is a duck for some reason with two, with four eyes. Like the Hamburglar, like everything. This is feels like a trip looking at these characters. And I, I guess this is what they're going for. Apparently, I don't know, man. I'm. I'm very worried about the state of things at this point, but McDonald's is going to try and do adult Happy Meals. I'm probably not going to buy one because at this point, going to McDonald's and ordering anything other than like a double quarter pounder with cheese or some sort of chicken sandwich really isn't something I'm interested in. I don't need all... I, like, I'm at the point now hey. where, especially after a move, I want less stuff. So I don't want a toy that I'm going to have to figure out what to do. Am I going to guilt throw it away? I don't like being the guy forced to make that choice. It makes me feel bad after the fact. Hey, I, I was slow down talking about you not doing anything at McDonald's because they doing the double fish fillet sandwich now. That's new. The double double fillet, mm. double fish fillet. See, that's again like give me some more freaky menu items. Start to mess yes. with some stuff that's like a little bit of an abomination that most people are like. I'll be Russell Westbrook over on the end of the bench. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I will t- I will talk shit about McDonald's to whoever wants to hear it, and then in privately in the uh, depths of the night. Uh, by myself when no one's watching house about 2,000 calories worth of it easy money King Mac no doubt (laughs) if you guys are down to go on this psychedelic journey to McDonald's with us or the psychedelic uh, journey that is this podcast we appreciate you make sure you download subscribe rate review Gojo wherever you get your podcast leave us a five star rating leave us a review go to the DraftKings YouTube page so you can see the freaky shirt from McDonald's that we showed you on the uh, YouTube channel go to DraftKings YouTube subscribe there and then go to the Gojo with Michael Jr. playlist and check that out enjoy Thursday night football stay safe we'll talk to you tomorrow this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.